Hello and welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout. This week it's episode 93 and as per usual my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident Drama School Dropout and this week I am joined by an absolutely fantastic actress. Please welcome to the podcast, Jessica Ellis. Drama School Dropout No graduation day for you Drama School Dropout Welcome to the podcast. How are we? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Technical difficulties. Oh, I know. I'm such (laughs) a nana. Like, honestly, I just, I don't know why that just happened, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to do on my laptop and it'll be so much better. And now (laughs) I'm on my phone. I mean, people do keep saying to me, like, why do you, why are you still on Zoom? Like, we're not in a pandemic anymore. And I'm like, because I don't need to leave my bedroom. Well, I mean, it works for people, doesn't it? Like, behind this curtain, my bed. Oh, nice. So when you get those ones that are like, yeah, because I had one last year that was like, can we do 7.30 Monday morning? So I roll out of bed, go under the curtain and sit on the chair. Oh, perfect. And I will say that the person who I had on at half seven in the morning looked spectacular. She hadn't just woke up. And I was like, oh, disgusting. Really? It's like, what oh you my doing? god! You, I mean, you wouldn't catch me looking like that. No. I was sat here like, can we do this without video, please? Oh my god! I mean, props to them. Yeah, that they're living the kind of best people life. that when I'm hungover, I wish I was. Yeah, like, and it wasn't like she had just woken up; like she was fully ready for the day, and like the the gaff was spec like so clean and I was like me and you are just living totally different lives right now yeah (laughs) (laughs) like disgusting but how are we doing because it's this weird sort of situation at the moment where it's like COVID's over but it's not over and we've still got to be safe and especially as actors I know I find myself all my mates were at Transmit the other day seeing Lewis Capaldi and I'm dying to see Lewis but I'm like I've got an audition on Friday Uh, I'm not getting COVID yeah I mean like I'm ob- I'm supposed to be in the well, not in the middle. I would be finishing my tour in July, mm. so I was going to be playing the lead in Fat Friends, Kay Ella's musical, um, and we rehearsed in December in London. Obviously, it was like Omicron. Is that how you say it? Bloody it's central. Like that. Um, I managed to survive. Like literally, I think that when I was younger, I ate modern worms. So I never ill. So. Same. I've not had it yet, touch wood. I've managed to survive. Um, But then the show got pulled in January because we didn't know whether the world was going to shut down. One of our first venues was COVID. It was COVID. (laughs) Cardiff. Um, And they were being really strict about... rules and stuff so I'm I mean I'm still coming like coming to terms with the fact that that because I that was my life that was the whole of my half of my year really Mm. um so that's been hard to get used to yeah because I still haven't had it touch wood I'm one of the yeah I've had it but I was absolutely fine it was ages ago but I was convinced this year I had a few big things coming up and I was like I'm gonna get it right before one of them it's so like, I'm either yeah. going to get it the day before showcase and can't do my showcase, or me and my best mate, we wrote a play throughout the whole lock of lockdown that's what kept us sane, and we had scraped and scrimped and got enough money to put it on in an actual theatre, and I was like, I'm going to get it the day of my show. I would, but also, like, the, the rules are different now, though, as well, you know? Yeah, but I like, would still, I'd still, like, I've got elderly grandparents and stuff, I would still just... 
out of every like respect for people. Mm, I mean, I, I mean, in terms of actual shows, because I've got a friend yeah. that's a show at the moment, and like, if you test positive and you still you can still do the show, you just have to put a mask on in the wings and then do it. See, I probably still wouldn't go out. I don't know why it just petrifies me, and I would. I'd be annoyed if somebody gave it to me unknowingly and then I went and see my grandparents and gave it to them. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because... It's down to just your own personal preference, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like... definitely. Like, I think in any situation, you do you. Do you know what I mean? Like, but I think... I think it, as long as you're open and honest... And weaker now. I think Pardon? as long as you're open and honest about it, like, that's fine, because I remember during my showcase, and I'm not going to name any names, and this is the first time I spoke about it publicly one of the girls during the show was like, yeah, X might have COVID, but didn't want to miss their showcase. This was in yeah. January. And I'm like... Yeah, that was, it was big then, wasn't it? It's, it's, it is such a weird one because yeah. obviously like variants of it now are like a cold and would we have missed out on things before? I don't know. Yeah. Like it's a personal preference, really. I know. It's just so... It, it's such a weird sort of situation because you feel free, but then you're kind of like, oh, especially with what we do with everything sort of being dependent on being in person and in the room it's, it's it makes me wish that I'd done proper subjects at school yeah <laughs> <laughs> every day yeah um but what I like to start off with everyone that comes on the podcast is how did you get into acting and what was your first ever role doesn't have to be professional we love a good nativity story um so my I'm a, I'm quite old um so my grandma had a vhs like a video right okay of... you, you stop right there old is now equating to vhs tapes well i mean i'm 35 so is that uh, uh, no of... i don't think you're old okay <laughs> but i was well... like I, I had vhs tapes when i was a kid <laughs> I was like 24 <laughs> well she had a tape of the 25th anniversary of lame which was like a concert and it was Conwell Concern, which is who I love. And I, I can't, like, she used to just play, I used to like go to hers on a Sunday and she'd play that all the time. Mm. And I would, I don't know, I was just like, oh, that's a bit of me. Also, I'm an only child. I was absolute number 10 show off. Um, so, you know, why not make the most of it? And then I, I obviously did nativities. And then I remember when I was in like year six, they were doing a production of Joseph. And I think my group of friends also, we turned up for the wrong audition. Like, I think it was supposed to be for like the background we were going for. Anyway, I sang and they were like, oh no, you, you're going to play the narrator. And then, so it kind of went from there. Really. lead roles from the beginning. <laughs> I'd share it with the girl, but she was shit, so. <laughs> I actually, I, primary school story, year seven, well, primary seven in scotland because we're still in primary school at year seven i had to share a role with somebody and he was shit and it's plagued me my entire life that people who are not interested in drama then decide they want to join the school shows right the plagued me my entire life and he was shit also and has never done anything in this i don't think he'll give a fuck about me saying that we were like 12 but his mom actually went around and told everyone that i was shit oh my god what a bitch and i was like we're in primary school <laughs> like calm down but yet i couldn't find when i was doing my research or as i like to call it legal stalking when i was reading about you did you go to drama school i did um i went it's to a nowhere online 
Uh, yeah, I went to a Tally Conti um, when I was not the musical theatre, but the acting side and yeah. uh, in Clapham North. I went there when I was 19. I graduated in 2009 because I'd auditioned for drama schools when I was 18 and I got into Mountview and Alra. Oh, Alra. Um, <laughs> the amount and, of people that are triggered right now. Yeah, sorry about that. Trigger warning, Alra. Um, but I didn't get that. They were like £10,000 a term and I didn't get the Dada Award, but they held my plate until the next year. Basically, I didn't get a Dada Award because I'm not a boy. Yeah. Um, and they give it to boys. And then... Come to Scotland, free education. Oh, what? Oh my god! Someone was talking about that the other day, um. But yeah, and then because I, I was at drama school back at home, and then they said, "Oh, why don't you try out for Italia Conti?" And I went, and I just loved it. Like it was, it was an old building. There was no canteen. It was like a weird fucking room with a microwave. And I was like, "This is a bit of me." Um, <laughs> and and yeah, I got in, and I went to Italia Conti, and I had the best fucking time ever. Yeah, I got I got rejected from my dream drama school on my um, my twenty first birthday, so it's oh, always fun. Yeah, oh, I remember oh. going to the audition a few days beforehand, and they were like looking, and they're like, "Oh, it's, it's your birthday on whatever day it was," and I was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm twenty one." At the end of the audition, she was like, "We'll see you soon," and I walked out, obviously being the dickhead that I am, being like, "Well, she said see you soon." Yeah, exactly. But this is so I've been think- recalled they need to change their language like auditions people do that yeah and you're like but what do you what do you mean by that see you soon and then i go home and i think about it for four days yeah and then i went back when i was going to drama school again after i dropped out um and i auditioned for them and i got like a few rounds in and this is for the conservatoire in glasgow like a lot of famous people have went there so i was just going for the fame and notoriety um mm. and i remember i was up that i was up at a shopping center buying stuff for the play that I'm putting on and I got the email to say that I'd been rejected and I was with one of my friends and I went I'm not even going to read that just now I just got rejected and they went how do you know and I said because every other time you get an email from UCAS and the conservatoire telling you what you need to do next oh no and I only got one email so I was like I don't even need to open it yeah fuck them and I was like no fuck that (laughs) but I did end up going back. I went to a beautiful place. It's called New College Lanarkshire. 10 out of 10 would recommend if you're in the area. Check it out. Um, but one of my favourite things about drama school, I'm going to play a whole game about them in a minute, is crazy or funny drama school stories because oh shit goes down in those rooms. Do you have a favourite crazy drama school story? Oh, my God. Me and my friends, because I'm still really good friends with a few of us. Like, a few of us have been really successful for my year, actually, which, like... Name drop, name drop. Okay. So, um, Kimberly Hart Simpson, best friend of Coronation Street. School. Yeah, Carla was my other best friend. So she was in Misfits. She was in Hit and Miss. She was in she under the under the dome. What's the new one where she's Cara Delevingne's best friend? I don't. I, Carnival I'm so terrible at watching new things and stuff. And she's also like a writer as well that's wrote for Hidden Lost. No, what was it called? Safe. But yeah, we so. We've done pretty well, actually, statistic-wise, the same year. I'm the only one that left my drama school with an agent, so... Oh, my God. Just take that with... (laughs) No, I was... It was my one goal. Like, I didn't go for the degree. I didn't... When I went back, I was just like, I want an agent. I want the experience of meeting people and all that jazz. Who gives a fuck if I get the degree or not? And literally two days before my final show, I signed with an agent. Oh, yeah, I mean, like... I feel like that was, uh, uh, like I said, I went to drama school back home 
And that was always the, like the reason that I wanted to go was was for training. But for me, back then as well, when I went, it was like that was the only way to get an agent. Yeah. So like you know, I was just from this working class family in Manchester, didn't know any actors. Like mm. that was what that I didn't see any other way of, yeah. of getting an agent. After my first stint at drama school, I sort of realised that the training is bullshit because also everybody that you talk to says you learn more on your first week of a job than you do at five years of drama school. So I was just sort of like, put the education training to the back of it. Yeah, it's important and yeah, you need to do it. But don't have that be the priority. I mean, now, like, I feel like I've had this discussion with it because I've worked with a lot of actors that haven't been to yeah. drama school. And like, I don't like, Obviously, I think the training is amazing. Yeah. But I I think it's more about the discipline. Like, I feel like you when you're with someone that's been to drama school, you can tell because they're disciplined. Like, they don't turn up late to set. Like, they know the... Sh- you know, if, if I if I turned up three times late at drama school, I was locked, that was it. I was chucked off the course. Wow. Like we were, if we turned up late, we were locked out. And then everyone would be pissed off at you if you were, like, in a project with them. Like... So we just, like, I'm so good at timekeeping, like, respectful of all things like that. And that's the thing that I like about drama school is all of the, like, kind of etiquette. Yeah, it instills a work ethic in you, I think, that some people don't have. But the whole being late thing, um, Scotland's trains are absolutely abysmal. I'd have been chucked out within, like, the first two weeks. Three strikes and you're out, mate. Yeah, I fell asleep twice on the train and ended up in Edinburgh. Oh my god! Yeah, and like literally had to phone my lecturer and be like, "I'm so sorry." The first time <laughs> I really got away with it, and they were like, "Happens to everyone." The second time they were like, "You don't go to sleep on the train anymore in the morning." And I was like, <laughs> yeah. "Agreed." Um, but yeah, your funniest and crazy drama school uh, story. So uh, we, oh god, there's loads, but we had um this improvisation teacher called Chris Lever, who I loved. And this was in first year. And we got our, our lessons used to be like three or four hours with him. And we had this like within the building, there was like a, a theatre, but there was also like a black box space. Yeah. And so he came in and he basically had a chat and he was like, right, okay, it's the end of the world. You've got two hours and then you're dead. Everything's gone. So he basically just said that. And I think looking back on it now, I think he just then went and just got a coffee and chilled. <laughs> and then we just went wild. Like people were like humping, dry humping in the corner. Like I was smoking and um, we were like chucking water over each other. Um, yeah, like pe- people were like probably fingering in the corner. It was it was wild. Fingering in the corner. That's the episode title. <laughs> and then I think like, Honestly, like this went on for like two hours. And then he came into the room and did he he turned off the he, he came into the room after the two hours and like turned off the light and was like, it's over. And then everyone just like hysterically cried and sobbed. Like it's so wanky, but I love that shit. It's like I keep saying it and I need to stop keep saying it because I feel like I need to write it. Somebody needs to write a sitcom about drama school. Yeah, me and my friend Carla have talked about this quite a few times, actually. Because there are really funny, like, and we all took it so seriously. Like, yep, you're we all, all Oscar EGOT nominated actors. Yeah, we used to walk down Clapham High Street in our practice skirts and practice shoes. I don't even know why we had to buy them. But yeah. we were, like, pretending to be, like, um, fucking what's your call from Uncle Vanya. And it was just, like, like people yeah. in it were like who are you wank 
I remember when I got my list for things that we needed for drama school, it said like a pair of smart shoes for boys and cost uh, practice shoes for girls. Yeah. And I said to my mate, I'm not going to buy them. I'll wait until they actually ask me for them. But bet £10 right now, they don't ask for them at all this year. And I left drama school in 2009. I have never wore a pair of practice shoes ever or a yeah. skirt. So I didn't yeah. like, I don't get it. Me neither. And I, I didn't buy them and was never asked for them. Yeah. And so, I was like, that's 30 quid saved. Yeah, exactly. But so coming out of drama school, it taught me a lot of lessons, especially the first time when I dropped out. What was the biggest lesson that you learned in drama school? So, like, you know what? Like, leaving for me was quite hard. Like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, I was quite... Oh, like, I was counting down the days. Oh, I, 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 I loved it. I was devastated. Like, I'm a creature of habit. I like structure and I like education. I've been in education since I was four. I, I like people telling me where to be at what time and when to take my holidays. Like, I... I like that mm. so that was one thing too like I, I'm not gonna lie like I was very I, I was praised a lot in in drama school I was given the main roles I got an agent first you know all these positive things and like I had a really good time there and yeah so and, and I knew that it was going to be hard when I left but oh I that, thought it was going to be a walk in the park I was like, uh, especially when I signed with an agent before my last show, I was like, I'll be on the West End before July. Well, see, I knew it was going to be hard, but there was a, there was a part of me that was like, oh yeah, like something will happen. But then, it, obviously, one the structure was gone, so that was throwing me my head fucking west. And then you know, or, and also my agent had like wanted to sign me and like give me this big audition before he even signed me. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I've got this. And then it obviously wasn't that at all and it it was slow and nothing was coming in and yeah it, it was really fucking hard actually yeah. no it's it's so difficult and I think that like it happened as well with the uh, oh I see we are we're fellow I just quit smoking me oh, too you, have cherry. you tried, tried the cherry I see I went I started on blueberry and then it started to taste like it burnt after a while so I cherry moved to blue raspberry too. lemonade Blue Raz Lemonade? Yeah. That's my OG. I like that and the cola, but this is, an, is a new cherry one and it's so good. Do you know what I like the most? The taste of a real cigarette. I mean, I'm still smoking when I've had a drink, um, but for me, that's better than 20 a day. So I got to like 60 days and then I broke. Oh, really? And started smoking for two weeks and then I was like, well, no, even- start again. What I couldn't do before was I couldn't go out and smoke when I'd had a drink and then stop. But now I can. Like, I've just been away for the weekend um, with my friends, had a few drinks and had a few cigs. And then as soon as I came back on Sunday, I I, I haven't mm. had one. So, I, I miss smoking so much. But it got to 12 quid a day and I was like, no. Oh, my God, it's too expensive. It's the only reason I quit. I loved smoking. Yeah, that's what me and my boyfriend say all the time. We were like, it's not for health reasons. It's because mm. it's too expensive. If fags were still 20, uh, 20 for £5, I would still be smoking 20 a day. Yeah, I'm right uh, there with you. But what I was saying there was like, even when we were coming to showcase and they were like, not everyone's going to get an agent, You probably 90% of you won't get contacted. And I was sat in the back of the class going, uh, well, I think you'll find it'll be different for me. And then <laughs> yeah. 
my emails were born dry and I didn't get signed. And then they're like, right, so you're leaving now. It's not going to be straight to stardom. And I was sat there like, I think you'll find it'll be different for me. But it hasn't. It's been very slow. I think I've done like four or five auditions. Yeah, it's it's really hard when you first, I think it's really hard when you first leave, especially when you go from doing something that you love every day and performing and being in that creative environment. It's It's really hard. But I think it's, do you know what I always used to say though? I would, because a few people that I knew like went bang straight into work and then it went quiet. But for me, like it was like slow and steady and then it picked up. And actually I preferred that because it gave me like a bit of a vision and a feeling of what it would be like. Yeah. Like I remember someone saying to me once like, because I know lots of actors that have given up that were so fucking good. Yes. Yeah, it, it's not about if you're a good actor it's not necessarily you don't survive if you're a good actor it's just whether you can you can cope with that in between if you can live in that in between and some of my friends were like you know what I want to buy the expensive candles and the nice towels like I'm out yeah that was literally like my best mate who was my writing partner over lockdown she's such a fantastic actress but she's like I can't live with like the how am I going to pay rent this month yeah yeah it's tough and then she was like, now I'm in a position where I want to start again, but I've sort of lost all of my confidence. And like, like now I'm in sort of a nine to five and I've built my way through the company. I probably could say, yeah, I need Thursday morning off for an audition. Yeah. yeah. But she's like, I just don't have any confidence left. And I'm like, right, me and you this summer, we're finding some sort of class because you still got to stay in like yeah, an acting class. Like- things that what are the great thing about acting is it's not like being a dancer and your career is over at 25 do you know what I mean like you can come back to it I just did a job with a woman actually and she was saying that she like tripped like she was probably like in her late 60s but she was saying she trained and then she did a few jobs and then she met her husband and then she had kids and then she just trained as a nurse had a big like had a nursing career then got a pension got a really good pension and thought oh fuck it like I'm gonna go back into it and now she's like I just did the bay with her and she's got like a great part, ITV. And I was like, fair play. Like, I love yeah. that. If anybody's listening from ITV, I would also like a job. So <laughs> my, my email's in the show notes below. I mean, if anybody wants to give me a job, I, I'm not picky. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to play a game now. And it's my favorite thing in the world. And it's still on topic of drama school. It's called Stage Right or Stage Shite. It's three stories. Two of them are the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And one of them is a big fat lie that's made up by Heather, our producer, who's also my writing partner and doesn't have any confidence in herself. But she's amazing. Um, So it's our job to find out which one is the lie. I've got the answer in a sealed envelope, because it's the only reason I'll play this game, is if I can play along. And I read these earlier, and they are bloody great. Number one. On a tech day during a drama school performance, I caught two people having sex in the dressing room. I only caught them because I was an hour early, but still, who the fuck is shagging like that in a shared space? I went to drama school and I just told you about an improvisation where people were shagging in the corner, so I kind of... Were they really shagging? Well, they were dry humping, but these this is a couple that actually, in our halls, in the glass door, we saw him absolutely finger-blasting her from our, from our window. Oh, wow. So, they're still together, though. Yeah. Cool. Number two... I heard the Danger Wanker story on episode 71. If you haven't listened to it, it's with Jasmine Franks. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. Me and Jasmine lost our fucking shit. But I had to write in. My younger brother was expelled from drama school for having a danger wank and getting caught 
in a theory class. Oh my god! Okay, your brother needs to like get a life, and <laughs> like I hope that with the expulsion came therapy. Also, um, like I'm worried that he'll then be like some sort of flasher. Yeah. Oh God! I mean, at least he didn't get far in the industry. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> name him. The email is back and name him. Um, number three. Me and my friend failed our devising theatre module in drama school because apparently it wasn't appropriate for us to end our 10-minute piece about two soldiers in World War II with an epic water gun fight. <sighs> I don't know. I think I, number I think number two is a lie. I see, I hope that it's so I hope that it's true. Yeah, I know. I but do. I hope that it's also a lie. I <laughs> I think um, number three is real. Because I would yeah. be the person that would be like, should we just end this with a water gun fight? Like we're in war. I also think you could like totally lie and be like it's a metaphor for like the souls mm. raining and all that kind of shit. <laughs> yeah. Um I, school looks. I don't know if number one's obviously true. Yeah, I think number two. Number two, I really kind of want it to be true because I kind of hope that that well, I mean, if it's all a lie, the person doesn't exist. But don't danger wank people. Like no. do it in the comfort of your own home. And I can't get the envelope open. Don't be a dick. Oh, number three is a lie. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god, someone did danger and can get chucked out of drama school. Wow. Can someone can someone email in and, and tell, say what drama school? Yeah, can Hev, can you email them back and just ask for more info? Yeah, please. I'd love that. I bet it was like I bet it wasn't even a drama school. I bet it was like one of those that pretend to be a drama school. It basically sounds like a Chris Lever improvisation class that I just talked about. So maybe yeah. he Maybe he was a teacher. But it was a theory class. Oh, but... I mean, I, how could you get off to, like, somebody sat, sat there talking about, like, the method or mammet? No. Oh, God, no. Oh, God. And that's Wow. Like... <laughs> that's true, but also brilliant. If this boy is listening, I hope he is. I hope his sister, who wrote in, or brother, whoever it is wrote, that wrote in, get help. Go to a therapist, and um, I hope you haven't had any more danger wanks, but thanks yeah. for the story. <laughs> um, I want to very quickly talk to you about your time on Hollyoaks, because I think that's where most of the listeners will know you from. What yeah. was the audition process like for you? Okay, so basically my first audition was in Spotlight in London, and I was a nanny at the time in between jobs, and I got the audition through, and it was like, I don't know, like 12 o'clock or something, and I was like, it's an audition for Hollyoaks, it's a new family, like, it's not that I wasn't asked about it, but I was just like, fucking cattle call, like, I don't want to lose out on a day's wages, so can we move it to like four o'clock, like to the end of the day? Because I was like, I don't want to miss out on my 60 quid wage, like, I'm not doing it. Yeah. And they were like, yeah. So I went in, I think I'd, I went to see Rick, and Rick is a good friend of mine now, but he's also so beautiful. Um, but oh, I also did think he was gay at the time as well, so that was good, because I was just, like, he's just a beautiful man. <laughs> I'd seen them once before for um, Hollyoaks, do you remember Hollyoaks later? Yes, when, like, they killed off people and started I mean, swearing. I know, I love that. I'd love to have done Hollywood Slate where I could swear. But I, yeah, I'd seen them for like a, like a literally like a guest part in that maybe a year or so, so before. So I went in and they'd give us these scenes actually. And it was like, um, but the description of the character was like comedy, but the, the scene wasn't funny. So I just, yeah. I just did my best. Like I was thinking, 
can't, I can't really get this. Did my best. Anyway, didn't really think anything of it. And then I got a phone call like two or three weeks later saying, oh, like, they they love you. They want to see you again, but in Liverpool. So I was like, okay, cool. Got the train down to Liverpool, got there. And there was just like so many girls there. But they were like legs up to their armpits. Just not my vibe at yeah. all. And I remember- You were like the, the odd one out. Yeah, 100%. And I, I text my friend being like, I don't think this is my jam, you know. Like, I feel a bit weird, like, blah, blah, blah. And she, I don't know. She, she was like, oh, just do it. Just stay and, and do whatever. And then we had to, like, do group scenes in the morning. And then they did, like, an awful thing where they were like, oh, um, we're going to call a few people to stay and do some more stuff. But it doesn't mean anything. And it's like, uh, of course it does. Like, if you're going, like, you're gone. Yeah. Yeah, so I did. I did that. Um, and then again, like it was like a really quite a long wait again. And then I got a, a call saying, right, they want to see you back in Liverpool again. And they want you to read for, I think, a bit, originally, I think like Tegan or Perry, someone was supposed to be, I auditioned Perry, but then they made Perry a lot younger. Yeah. And then, so they were like, right, they want you to go there. So I was like, oh, right, okay, so what's the thing? Like, is it me auditioning with like three other girls for mm. Tegan and then three other girls for Leela? Like, and they were like, no, like they just want you and a girl that plays Leela. Like, it's just the two of you. So I was like, this is so confusing. Like, there's no competition. I'm not against anyone. I don't really get it. So it was so a we- chemistry read. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, and then also at the same time, like, so our, our parents had been cast. So we like did a scene with them. And then there was a part of the day where we like auditioned young, like, girls came in to mm. play Perry. So the whole thing was like, it was weird because our parents already had it, but we didn't, we hadn't been told that we had it. Mm. So it was just like, and me and Kirsty were a bit like, have we got, is this our, have we got this job? <laughs> uh, and then as I was leaving, one of the writers that would have been in the room with us, I was like, oh, like hope, like what you were saying before, I was like, hopefully see you again soon. And he was like, what do you mean? You will. And then obviously I spent the whole train journey back to London being like, you will, you will. Like playing that, playing that. Like me <laughs> after that drama school audition. The way that he inflected it, I was like, what? Anyway, the next day, I was doing temp work um, as well, like doing like teaching assistant stuff. And I'd been in this school for ages and I, and I quite liked it, but they'd moved me to this new school for the first time. And I was just like, I remember it was a really hot day as well. And I kept like trying to sneak, look at my phone, look at my phone. And then it got to dinner time and I was like, fuck this. So I rang my agent. And my agent's assistant answered and she was being so weird with me. She was like, I was like, hiya, I'm just ringing because like, I just want to know like about yesterday. And she was like, oh, uh, uh, Malcolm's out. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, she's being so weird. She's normally like so chatty with me. She was like, he'll bring you back, he'll bring you back. And I remember just like, I'd sneaked off for a cig down this alleyway. And I was just like walking up and down in this alleyway in London. And then my agent rang me and he loved to do, I feel like all agents love to do like an X Factor moment. So he's like, oh, hi, how are you? Like, how was yesterday? And I was like, yeah, it was good. Like, fucking get on with it. Um, and he was like, okay. He was like, are you ready for your life to change? And I was like, what? He was like, you've got the job. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And then he was like, have you got any skeletons in your closet? Yeah. Do we need and to go through your Twitter? And I was like, oh my God, I don't even think I had Twitter then, you know? Mm. Um, and I was like, no. What did I say to him? I was like, I mean, like I've had sex with a few people, but none of them were married. <laughs> uh, Do you know, 
that what you're just saying that is so scary to me because I was on I got so far into the lineup of the final ever Big Brother. Oh, yeah. And the girl got removed for having racist tweets from when she was 14. No. And now I'm just like, I've had the same Twitter account since I was like 12, same Facebook, and I just regularly go through it. And I'm like, I know I've not said anything wrong, but let's check. I think, luckily for me, I feel like I didn't have Instagram at, like until I started um, Hollyoaks. And then I think Twitter, like... I maybe had it like a tiny bit before Hollyoaks. So I've always been like, not that I would have been tweeting anything racist anyway, but like I've always been kind of like conscious of anything that I'd said on there because I know. I've never tweeted anything racist, but things just evolve so much every day. I'm sort of like, can I say that this song's shit without offending people? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I would think that, but I... Yeah, actually, I'd love to go back through my Twitter and see what I was saying. Yeah, I do occasionally just go, well, that didn't get any likes anyway, so I'll just delete it. (laughs) Yeah. It's not offensive, but it just didn't get any likes. Um, Another thing that I like to ask everybody that's been on a long-running or established show for quite a long time like you were, did you steal anything from the set? Well, I mean, I was telling telling my friends this the other day, like, we used to always steal, like, joggers from there. So, like... um, just like I don't know, it would be like if you wanted to go home and something comfy, or you were waiting around a lot. And you sweat like so. We and we always just used to take them home. And I remember then they started writing on the back of them with pen, holly oak, so we wouldn't do that. And I remember the shop- new juicy couture tracksuit. <laughs> yeah, I remember shopping with Kirsty for like holiday clothes. Well, like we'd left and we were going. To, we we're going on holidays. So we were looking for holiday clothes, and like obviously people used to look over all the time, but like these people were like staring at us. Kirsty was like, oh, for God's sake, like, oh. And I realised that it was staring at her ass because it said Holly Oaks. She's just a walking advertisement. Yeah, fringe, isn't it, that you're, like, walking around one, like... Did she know? So known. She didn't know. And then I was like, mate, it says Holly Oaks on your ass. Um, so, yeah, and I took that. And then when I left, like, you're allowed to take whatever clothes you want. Yeah. So I took... Um, an entire wardrobe. Yeah, yeah I, I took loads of my stuff because I would I had quite a lot of say in um my character's clothes. And also, like, it, when I came to my audition, they, they basically were like, we want you to look exactly like that and have hair bows in, do this and do that. So, like, yeah, I just used to, like, pick makes that I loved anyway. Yeah. Like, go shopping here. Do you, yeah. want, do you want to just give me the company credit card? I- there actually with with Alex who was head of costume at the time and we just used to go on Lazy Oaks website and I'd be like that 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 I love it because I knew eventually they would be mine mm. did you steal anything that you wasn't supposed to steal I don't think so no props or set made at home I'm trying to think I mean like everything's shit anyway so I don't feel like <laughs> Who who made the decision on you leaving? Was that you or No, they did. So for gross misconduct. Uh, sat for stealing the dog in the pond. <laughs> um no, it was it was such a weird one actually. Like, um and I always find this such a weird question and and I always wanted to be like really honest about this actually, because I mm. got asked like by press for like because it was a big death and it was in a stunt week and stuff, and they were like, and do do we want to say it's your choice? And I was like, no, like I want people to know that nobody's safe like everybody's on a year-to-year contract whether you you know you've been there for 20 years or you've been there for two years everybody 
every year has a discussion about like dating it whatever and I'd gone in for a meeting that I'd called about something completely different and um, and then so I was so shocked and like couldn't really take it in and, and then everyone was shocked and like not to just big myself up but I think it really shit people up because they were like oh my god like if they're gonna do that to you like we're not no one's safe yeah and I think that they just wanted like a shock death and it was in the episode it was like between like me and another character like flashing but that you might think would die and I think that they wanted the audience to be like well it won't be Tegan Hmm. um so yeah so I knew about six months before I was leaving it was hard you know Hmm. like I'd I'd had a great time there and I loved everyone and I got to do something I loved you know I, I call it drama school but with money yeah um, was there a point where you were like, because you were essentially sacked then, was there a point like, well, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want because what they're going to do, sack me sooner? Well, I mean, obviously, like, I did make a few comments like that messing about to my friends, but I don't, I, like, I didn't really see it like I was sacked. Yeah. Um, Because I, it's just like, you either t- terminate, you can't, like, you come to the end, because I did five years exactly to the day, so, like, my first episode was, like, a special episode. My last episode was exactly the same one. Wow. Like, twice, so it was, like, exactly five years, and so I didn't really, like, obviously I was annoyed at them, at part, like, it went in waves, really, because the thing was, as well, was that I never thought I was going to be in Hollyoaks, ever. Yeah. Like, never even on my agenda. I know I'll never be in Hollyoaks. <laughs> Too much. No, no. If they listen to this podcast, I'm never getting a job. Well, I yeah. So I, I never thought I'd be on it. Then I was on it, and you know, you think to yourself, oh, "I'll do a year, I'll do two years," and then you get comfortable, and that phone call comes every. So, oh yeah, we'll just do one more year, and actually, like the money's I, comfortable. You never, you've never got in air quotes a stable job in acting. Why? No. You'd have to be a bit of an idiot to go. Do you know what? I do want to leave. Well, this is the thing, like, but I didn't want to be like, oh, bam, like, I've been here 10 years and now I'm 40. Like, but now I can't play any other role because I'm taken from Hollyoaks. Because that that decision was taken out of my hands. Like, I'm so thankful for that. Hmm. At the time, that was hard to process. But like, I'm so thankful that that decision was taken away. I had a good five years. I had great relationships with everyone. had great storylines. Like, that's just part of my my past Hmm. now. Because I do think sometimes, like, I think about soap stars and I think about people like Adam Woodger and uh, Helen Worth, who have been established characters for so long. Like, if Helen Worth turns up in Coronation, uh, in Hollyoaks, sorry, everybody's just going to be like, well, that's Gail Platt. Well, exactly. So you kind of want to avoid that anyway. Leaving, it's hard enough to get rid of that stigma when you've only been in it for five years. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I I just think the the, the more you go up in the years it is to get rid of it and I think five years is the nice little stint for me I do think Hollyoaks and I've said this before so if the producers are listening I'm about to slag you off again but I've, nothing I've said before Um, they go through this phase of killing off all of the talented people that are in their cast and keeping the uh, like well I was going to say that myself but oh, well, they, no they do or they <laughs> piss people off to the point of where they want to leave and I'm yeah, like, it's like it goes... do you know what I always say like I like I actually feel like it was an achievement to not die in five years. Like, <laughs> yeah. My mum and dad were dead in the within the first year. Like yeah. I'm like, you know what? Like it's a but I lasted five years. That's like in Hollyoaks years, that's like 30. Yeah. So I, I'm good with that. 
Yeah, no, I do think they've just got a habit of culling their talented cast. And because, like, Parry Glasspool got killed off, and he was one of the best young actors on there. And then Jasmine just left because of whatever reason. But yeah, they go through this, they'll have be like, let's have a new serial killer. Like, yeah. it's like, why do you move to Midsummer? Why do you move to Hollyoaks? The, the, like I used to say that the 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 houses must be a pound in Hollyoaks because like everyone dies, uh, like it, it it must have the like lowest like <laughs> highest crime rate ever. Like why would anyone move there? Yeah, I mean I suppose every it was somebody I can't remember who said it. Like you have to do sort of serious storylines because funny storylines only last three episodes. Oh god, yeah. like, I got brought in as the new comedy character, right? Yeah. And then I, I, then something happened and I had to cry. And then I just cried for five years. <laughs> I was like, do you remember when I like the new comedy character? <laughs> cry every episode. Cool. Swapped your baby, killed you off. I mean, the things that happened to me, I'm surprised I was still standing. Yeah. Before... And then you sparked a whole racist storyline with your death and everything. I know. I know. Do you know what's funny as well? I've actually been at Lime Pictures today. Um, but... She's going back. I'm She's going back. back. <laughs> she didn't really die. It was insurance fraud. Kathy from EastEnders. There, there's a memorial bench for me. And apparently, like, I don't watch it. But, like, my friend's mum watches it. And she's always, like, saying to my friend, they're talking about her again today. So I think they talk about me quite a lot, which, I, I mean, I've been dead for three years, so I love I that. mean, half your family are still there, aren't they? Well, I don't watch it anymore, but... My yeah, my sister, my two. Well, she's not my sister actually. She's my niece. My niece, my sister. My Your brother's still there. Had him. You, Kieran Richardson's still there. Yeah, my brother, my brother, um, and my child. I think. Yeah, your child will grow up in a couple of years and become like on-screen talent. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Actually, that would be so cool. Because that's the funny thing about um children in soaps as well. They just go missing for a couple of years. Yeah, I wouldn't, like, I'd love that if they, like, cast someone to look like me as well. Oh, oh, you could do it. Oh, my God, yeah, I could do it. Yeah, because yeah, that was the, that was a mad storyline with you swapping babies and stuff. Honestly, I, like, I had so many mad storylines. Like, yeah. Got put in prison for shooting my baby daddy. My first episode, I gave birth to my child. I didn't know that I was pregnant. My mum and dad died, had leukaemia and cancer, like, five times. Um, what else happened to me? Oh, I, the, I stole my sister's husband, and then we got together, and then he died on Christmas Day. But Duncan from tried to drown me in a bath. Your your dad's secret gay lover's boyfriend was your brother. Yeah, well, he nearly got off with Steve. Yeah, I mean, so much shit went down. I mean, I applaud Hollyoaks for that. Like, mm. listen, the what the issues and stuff that they deal with for six thirty is incredible. Yeah. Like, you want to see like some of the stuff that like you like some of the notes that but there was one thing compliance was like we couldn't show how we lit a candle yeah because you're not to smoke anymore are you well it was just like it would show but then also then i do applaud them for doing like really serious storylines and being able to because they they have so much to contend with with mm -hmm. stuff like that but no, pack that lighter away pack that lighter away no lighter warren fox can push somebody off of a train bridge but do not put that lighter in shot. A tree can fall on top of me and crush me to death. But... <laughs> yeah. But another question that I like to ask everyone not Hollyoaks related, if you could 
go on the West End and do a two-hander and the casting director comes and says to you, listen, we've got as much money as we need. Who do you want to be your co-star? Who are you picking? They have to be alive. But Jodie Comer. Yeah. She's been a very popular answer recently. I think she's incredible. Like, you know, she auditioned Pollyos and she didn't get it. Wow. Who did she audition well, for? Fully true. I mean, thank God she didn't. But like... <laughs> Who did she audition for? I think it was a McQueen, I think. Oh, of course. I- the story is but obviously because she's from liverpool and i think her family live she lives where on the Hollyoaks set <laughs> yeah she lives in the village so it was just an easy choice um no but I, and i but i remember like seeing her do 13 i don't like 13 never got that much it was on bbc3 but it was so good i feel um, like none of the programs that are on bbc3 get enough like no, it was amazing it was about this girl that had been kidnapped for years mm. and like came back to her family and it was so good and I remember thinking like oh I had like two pints in my head <laughs> yeah she's so she's like yeah and I just she's one of those where I'm like I I rate myself do you know what I mean yeah as an actor, like but she's one person that I watch sometimes and think I might give up because I'll never get that good yeah she's so good so I would love to work with someone and like acting I hate to be a little wanky drama school person, but like acting is reacting. And I learned that on Hollyoaks. Like, yeah. I didn't learn, but listen, it's so hard when your partner isn't giving you what you need. Do you know what I mean? It's like acting for two. And I, I know. know. <laughs> <laughs> I just know with her that it wouldn't be like that. So yeah, Jodie, hmm. Jodie Comer, I think. Well, on a similar vein, I do have to carry on my campaign that I've been running for 90 odd weeks now. Catherine Tate, please do a two-hander with me in the West End. Or oh, do you know what? Come on the podcast. Oh, yeah, get on that podcast. Catherine Tate, my favourite ever, all time. Oh, really? I remember seeing her in Assassins at the Chocolate Factory years ago, and she was great. She's one of my heroes, and like you said with Jodie Comer, I rate myself as an actor, and I know I'm a semi-decent actor. I'm not going to be too big-headed about it. Catherine Tate would make me look like a piece of shit, and I'm at peace with that. Yeah, yeah, like, you'll, like, bow down, I'm fine with that. Like, the reviews would be, like, Catherine Tate, five stars, boy crying at the side of the stage because he doesn't know what he's doing, two and a half stars, and I would be, like, well, then. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it any day. You've had such a career already, like you were saying, you were going to do Fat Friends, you've done one of the biggest soaps in the country, but what has been your biggest what the fuck is happening moment oh my god okay i mean i guess like i guess me getting the part in fat friends with Camilla was huge like because that comes with such a reputation as well like ruth yeah. jones and james corden well like she and sorry I, it cut out there what did you it like when oh no yeah. you're fine now it just like oh for a second so just like just came out like I grew up with her I grew up with that series I'd I'd auditioned but we had like a bit of a relationship where Mm. um like I'd gone for something else with her but it didn't quite work out but I ended up staying there for hours and I was just like this is mad like I'm in a room with Camilla like I respect her so much I love her stuff like I can't believe that she's seeing me and then yeah when I got called up for this and when I got the part I like you know, Ruth Jones played that part, and another Jody, one of my heroes. Yeah, Jodie Pranger played it. It's only ever been done once before, and Jodie Pranger played it, and I was like, "Fuck me!" Like this is, and that's why I'm so gutted that about what happened. Yeah, is it pulled completely or? 
Yeah, I mean, like they said they were going to postpone it, but I've not really heard anything since. Um, and obviously, tragically, like Kay passed away. Mm. Um, so I, I, I don't really, I don't really know. I guess, like, and at the moment, I'm just glad that that experience happened. Yeah. I'd love to again, but we'll we'll have to wait and see. Do you know what would be quite nice? Like, if you did a concert version, like in memory of Kay oh, and Fat Friends TV series character uh, actors the other time it's been performed on stage and the cast that was supposed to do it this time all came together and sang through the show oh that would be great i was just like it was it's such a good show and i was and was buzzing about it and everyone was brilliant and that's what i was gutted about because mm-hmm. i was like oh, such a great show here like people are gonna it was really feel good and i feel like that's what people needed after covid you know there was no mm-hmm. COVID mentioned in it whatsoever yeah it was fun it was heartwarming like I was like, this is what we need, and then you know, because I found while I was writing my play throughout lockdown, we were talking like, do we put any of this in? And I was like, nope, nope, yeah, because whenever we get to perform this, people are going to be fucked. And this was at the point where we were like, oh, life's going to go back to normal in eighteen days. Yeah, we've we've had enough of it. We don't want to like watch nobody it. cares. I, I don't want to sit and watch someone like talk about putting a mask on. Like, no, yeah. I'm, I live that. I'm fine. Yeah, like we don't. Maybe in fifty years' time, we'll all go. Oh, there's a show about this thing that happened to us. Yeah, I'm years up for ago. That. Yeah, but yeah, fifty years minimum. But not right. And I was like, no, we're not. Like the one thing I refuse to write about is COVID. Yeah. And I, I just, I had an idea about something that I was maybe going to allude to COVID, and then I was like, no, no. What's what's coming up for you next? What are you doing at the moment? I just filmed three episodes of The Bay for ITV, which was cool. That'll probably be out next year, I I should imagine. Like, they're filming till October, so I guess it'll be then. Um, I did a film last year with Lena Dunham uh, called Catherine Called Birdie, out in the cinema on the 23rd of September, and then it goes on to Amazon. And that's got, like, a crazy cast, like Andrew Scott, Leslie Sharp, Billy Piper... And also, like, Lena Dunham, she wrote... Are we it. allowed to like Billy Piper again? I think so. Is she still married to Lawrence Fox? No, oh, God, no. All oh, right, okay, then we still are allowed to like her. I've been married to him. And also, if you've what, have you watched I Hate Susie? No. Well... I'm so feel, terrible at watching I things. And that is, like, it's awful. And I think... And she created it, so I think... I don't know. Oh, he's I, terrible. I think he's she's terrible. trying to... Face, but, yeah, so... I mean, also, I, I feel a bit like mm, about saying that about Catherine Colbertie because I'm scared. Like, I might be caught. I don't know. It happens. I literally, I host another podcast. We'll go Sorry. to the I'm like, yeah, but just me and you. And then we'll figure out if I've been caught. And if I haven't, we'll tell everyone. If I have, I just won't mention it again. Yeah. And when does it come out? I- I'll just cut it from the episode. <laughs> 23rd of September. But. Like, literally, I just I host another podcast with reality TV people, and I just had Pete Bennett on, who won one of the very first Big Brothers. And he was in the Catherine Tate movie, was invited to the premiere, and they told him on premiere night that he'd see, his scenes had been cut. Oh, my God. I, I, when I was doing The Baby, it was like, I love being with loads of actors and them just telling you loads of stories. And someone had said a story, like, one of the guys had said that he'd got rang up and asked to go to this premiere. And then they rang him back and said, Oh, you know, you just got asked to go to that premiere. Like, sorry, actually, you're not you're not in it anymore, and you're not invited. It's mad, isn't it? 
Savage. But I mean, yeah, I'm gonna go see that. And um, also, you still got paid, so exactly. And I got to work with Lena Dunham, who I absolutely love, who's like a legend in my eyes. Yeah, and I was in the same room as her, and I was like, okay, I'm done. She knows and- who you are. Exactly. And Andrew Scott said to me, that was wonderful. I thought I could just die. So Andrew Scott's a fan. Exactly. I mean, he might have been speaking to someone behind me, which I keep thinking, but I'm sure it was. No, he's definitely president of the the Jess Ellis (laughs) fan club. Um, so yeah, so I've got that, and then also like I want to go in. I've got a few um TV pitches and stuff um in like in with companies at the moment. I'm just I'm literally on my computer screen just finishing my pilot episode. Um, I'm writing a pilot right now. How um. I'm just, I'm really bad at technology, so I'm just getting to touch with them. Um, final, what's it called? Final draft. Oh, that thing. I don't even use that. What's the one that I use? It's the one that's online. Oh, yeah. It begins with an S. But Scrivener? Use... I'm actually, it's it's fine. So, yeah. So, I want to kind of get into that side of stuff as well. So, that's what's coming up at the moment, I think. Yeah. yeah with me getting into the TV writing, I interviewed Susan Nixon ages ago on this podcast, who wrote Two Pints. And I've always been a writer and we got this play done and I was sort of like, how cool would this be if we could like, I was saying to my mate, cause it's like one of my best friends. She's also a gal. Um, and I was like, how cool would it be if we Ruth Jones, Ruth Jones and James Corden ourselves? Like we hey. don't want to be the main characters. Well, this is what me and Kieran Richardson are doing. Oh, you're writing something with Kieran. Yeah. Cause we're, we're, I'm, well, he was my brother and we've just, you know, stayed in touch and are, like really good friends. And he's been my biggest cheerleader mm. from from when I left. So we're, we want to do the James Corden and the Ruth Jones. Yeah, I was like, how cool would it be if we could just turn ourselves into superstars with something that we wrote? Kieran Richardson, though, one of my favourite actors of all time. Yeah, he's brilliant. He's so yeah. good, my family. Like, mm. my family were really good mm. actors, which made my job so much easier. People always ask, because I'm an actor, always ask me who my favourite actors are. And they get really, like, quite underwhelmed by my list of actors. Because no one's an A-lister. Yeah. So it's I like hate... Kieran Richardson, Jodie Latham from Shameless, Will Meller, like, Natalie Casey. Like, Sheridan Smith's probably the one A-lister on my... Yeah, I mean, like, I think that soap actors get a hard rep, but, like, listen, it's the fucking... If, if you can work in soap, you can work anywhere. It's so yeah. hard. Like, it's that it's one of the hardest jobs ever. And to be able to turn out the kind of scenes and the kind of stuff that we do, like, I applaud everyone that's in the soap. Yeah. Like, it's great. Like, I think they deserve so much more respect than they get. Mm. So we have a new closing um, tradition on the podcast and i will say this again because it's still new i thought of this all by myself and then started listening to diary of a ceo by stephen bartlett go check it out would recommend and realized that he has the same closing tradition i didn't steal it great minds just think alike but i ask each guest to leave a question for the next guest you don't know who you're going to leave it for it could be anything but the question that has been left for you is would you rather do a long stint in theatre, so you know you're going to get 10 years in a repertory theatre company and do a different show every six weeks, or would you rather go back into a soap, pretend you've never been on one before, and do the same character for 10 years, but obviously different storylines? Oh, God, this is so hard because... (laughs) Yeah, this is going to be about money because, you know, theatre... Right, okay. 
Well, let's so, cap it that you're on the West End and you're getting the highest amount of money, which is 600 quid a week. Theatre. Yes. Yeah, me too. I said theatre. Yeah, 100 but Like, if, we, if we're going to say that about money, yeah, theatre. Yeah, so let's cap Definitely. it that you're on a 600 quid a week in the West End. Yeah, I'm, yeah I'll go for theatre. Yeah, me too. And what question would you like to leave for the next guest? Where can everyone find you on social media and keep up to date with what you're doing? Okay, so my Instagram is, I think it's jealous1987. Let jealous. me double check. Yeah, so it's jellis1987, yeah. I'm sure. Jealous, it's all down in the show notes below. Are you on Cameo jealous, or anything I, like that? No, I, like I did it for a bit and I just couldn't do it anymore. It just wasn't, it just, yeah, people were asking me to like say sorry to their girlfriends and I was like, oh, I can't do this. Um I'd have just put my prices up and been like, yes, I will. (laughs) Um, I'm on, I think my Twitter is Jessica Ellis UK. I don't really tweet that much. I will let you go. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been so lovely. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a lovely night. And there we have it, another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 93 completed. Thank you so much to Jessica for coming on the podcast and make sure to follow us both on social media which you'll find down in the show notes below. And if you're feeling extra generous, please leave a rating and a review on the podcast. It helps us out so much you don't even know. And if you have a story for Stage Right or Stage Shite, please email us at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com. And remember that you can now become an official Drama School Dropout by signing up to our Patreon using the link in the show notes below. I'll be back again next week with a brand spanking new episode you know the deal every tuesday have a great week stay safe i love you drama school dropout no graduation day for you drama school dropout fucked your whole course now try something new drama school